0: plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: Hello and welcome to the Gallant View podcast. My name's David Tomlinson and I've got some good guests tonight. I'll name the age before beauty, as I always say, Mr. Pollock. David Pollock, how are you?
0: I'm good, Dave, yeah i uh, still haven't quite got over our, our escapades of last night, but I'm sure we can uh, we'll pick the bones out of it and uh, find someone to blame because someone's got to someone's got to get the blame here and I'm and I'm looking for someone, so bring it on.
3: Hope, hope it's not gonna be me, Dave. Hope you're not gonna blame me. I carried in about it. I was I was pushing us on via the telly.
0: No one's ruled out until we get to the <laughs> the detailed reveal moment. <laughs> Anyway, my second
3: guest is Scott Mackay. How are you,
1: Scott? Aye, not bad at all, Davey, not bad at all. Just here to dissect the uh, new director of FIPA, Ross McCosling, goal. Um, in last night's match, unfortunately. Sure, there was a good few talking points on that, i.e., Todd Cantwell getting subbed to the Sam Lammers. I, I didn't think we wanted to talk about that, to be
3: honest with you. I made an agenda that sort of went round that. It's worth for tonight, <laughs> but anyway, um, there's another guest coming on, he's a bit late at the moment. He's coming up over from another podcast, and now I'm getting text. Um, is uh, Scott McPike? Is it McPike or
1: McPike? Hi, McPike, oh. from SM Media.
3: McPike from SM Media. Uh, he'll be coming. He'll be joining us uh, later when he's finished with his own podcast. So anyway. Dave, I'll read out the the news from Rangers first of all. Rangers are today delighted to confirm the completion of men's football board with the appointment of Niels Koppen from PSV Eindhoven as Director of Football Recruitment, subject to receipt of work permit. 38-year-old Koppen held the role of Head of Scouting at PSV prior to joining Rangers. Having worked with the Dutch side across their famed academy and productive first team since 2018. The Football Board oversees and implements the club football strategy, including making key decisions related to player trading, contracts, and squad planning. The board is comprised of Chairman John Bennett, CEO James Bygrove, Manager Philip Glamont, Director of Football Operations. Craig Robertson, Director of Medical and Performance, Dr. Mark Waller, Academy Director, Zeb Jacobs, and now the club's new Director of Football Recruitment, Niels Coppen. Coppin will begin his new role with Rangers on the 2nd of January and will be tasked with ensuring the club have a driving player trading model and leading the recently revamped scouting set-up at Rangers Training Centre. And then Niels Koppen says, I'm delighted to be joining such a prestigious club like Rangers and what is a crucial role for the club's forward strategy. The chairman and CEO have both been clear in recent times our player training model has to function better and on a more regular basis. I look forward to working with the scouting team already here at the club to ensure we reach our goals in the coming years. Rangers are also pleased to confirm the appointment of Tom Taylor as the club new head of performance, working closely with the manager, Dr. Mark Waller, and the first team squad. Taylor will join the light blues on December the 22nd from Premier League side Brighton and Hove Albion. No, come to you, Mr. Pollock, first because um been one of your favourite subjects over the last few few weeks. Uh it should have been in a long time ago, you think. And it's gonna to take to January now. Although I would imagine he will be working behind the scenes even now. Dave, what's your uh, impression of it all?
0: Well, you're gonna to have to hear my confession first because uh until this afternoon I didn't know this guy was on planet Earth. So uh but it's it's an absolute crucial role, uh, and I think himself and Philip Colmont will be doing the donkey work in, in terms of you know identifying potential targets. I think the the committee which you've just uh, listed there will probably be the the, the rubber stamp committee who, who will just uh, review you know the the various uh, lists of names that they come up with and, and the various uh, contractual details surrounding each player. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to this guy uh, getting in, in position and, and, and helping us do what we said we've been we've said for years what we would do. We've never quite managed it to get the player trading model uh, up to speed and get it functioning and, and, and get it productive. So yeah, soon as you say, I think I mean he's not in post until the second of January, but you can I think we can safely assume that <clears throat> there'll be a few phone calls between him and Philip Clement. Uh, during December, you know, prior to the transfer window, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he can just uh, fit us in, squeeze us in of an evening or two. So I, I think 38 seems quite young. I mean, I, I've got, there's no signs behind that. It just, just his age seems quite young. But uh, I'm not going to hold that against him. Certainly not at this at this moment. Maybe, maybe give me six months, and I, I'm sure I'll come up with a reason to dislike him. But uh, no, it's, it's
3: it's long overdue and it's, uh, it's a welcome addition. Yeah, I, I, I perfectly agree with you, Dave. Um, he is very inexperienced in the role. I mean, he's never done it before. He's always been as a uh, head of scouting. I so you, and I suppose that he, he'll be learning. And that, I don't know whether that's what we wanted, somebody that's learning. We wanted somebody that would, that would come in, although I would imagine he will have a, a, a Good knowledge of Dutch, Belgian league, French possibly. So I would imagine that we're, we'll, we'll be doing OK there. But don't worry that you've never heard of him before, Dave, because I was looking through the PSV fan forums before I came on here and he would never heard of him either. So the, 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 the few, few replies that were, uh, well, I didn't know anything about him, so I don't suppose I'll be bothered so that he's away. So that was their sort of response to so anyway, glad to see you. Scott McPike is is uh, come on, Scott Scott. I'll give you the words. How are you?
2: Pleasure, mate. Thanks. As always, sorry I'm a bit late.
3: No problem. Okay, well we're we're on obviously on about the director of football. I'll come back to you in on that one. I'll go on to Scott Mackay, first of all. Great. Here two Scots and two Davies. A, how am I going to get mm-hmm. through this one? <laughs> Anyway, Scott McKay, how we, uh,
1: what, what's your verdict on this? Um, it's pretty much what I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you, David. Except I thought it would have been somebody from down south who went and got what well, a scout at a Brentford, or a Brighton, or something like that, that had done a, a decent job. Um, I've just I've got a few of PSVs kind of transfer dealings here. Obviously, um, well, one new man's no director of football. Currently at PSV, but he has got a say. Um I mean they've had big sales like Cody Gak, Liverpool, Ibrahim Sangari. Um, will remember they two for last year. Um he's been out and they've signed players this season. Obviously, they've got Tillman in, um, Ricardo Pepe from Augsburg, um, Noah Lang. I think he caused James Tavernier a few a few nightmares. PSV have got a really, really good trading model. But the challenge we've got, well, the challenge he's got at Rangers is he's got to date in a much smaller budget and still get the kind of not the same returns because I think Gakpo came for like fifty million plus to Liverpool, but he's got to get big returns for for players. And I mean, you look you look at his squad just now, where's where's I wrote an article about this earlier on. Where where are we going to get the money for? Who who's there that we can sell for Joe Aribo money, Calvin Bassey money, Nathan Patterson money? There's not really many there to, to go through, so he needs to come in and do a wee bit of wheeling and dealing to begin with. Um, needs to get some of the deadwood out of the out of the club, and needs to try and generate some funds for, from somewhere for come on to go and spend. Um, with a massive outlay in the summer there, so I think it's it's kind of coming down to hopefully maybe a Saudi team is going to come in for some day. Um, I think. Personally, I think Raskin's one next biggest um, sale in the the player trading model. You could maybe get some money in for Scott Wright. I think Preston North End were interested in him in the summer. Jack Butland, we all want him to stay, but he's a sellable asset. Unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. Um, so there is some players there, but there's na- there's nobody there that's going to get you like I say the funds that that uh, we hit heights with Calvin Bassett. Obviously, he was a he was a record sell for us, um, so yeah, the guys get his work cut. Out. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad because he's, he's got a, he's got a bit of background. There was a, it was a scout for Genk youth, and then there was pre, there was some previous jobs in the youth setups, scouting wise before that, in Belgium, and then obviously he got the, the shout to go over to PSV, but he worked to come on at Genk, so, um. There's obviously going to be a good bit of chemistry there between him and on. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what he's going to bring.
3: Yeah, I I, I knew the name of the other team that's Lemo or Womo or something like that. Aye,
1: aye, aye.
3: I can't can't remember now exactly. And I've studied it for about half an hour. Uh, Anyway, I'm not totally agree with you that we had a massive spend uh, last year, uh, Scott. I think we sold
1: just as much as we, we paid to bring in players. I don't think it was a massive... Aye, spend. Aye, the, the, seeing, but seeing context, they seeing us shelling out £4.5 on Cyril Dessers and £3 in Sam Lammers. That's big spending for us. That's big spending. We
3: got money back for
1: Sakala, and we got aye, money back... Sakala, aye. But what I'm saying is, the transfer business wasn't been good enough. I would much rather have fashioned Sakala up my cup than Cyril Dessers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, I agree and, with, I agree they're, with they're you. Not worth, they're not worth the money that's been spent. So the, uh, the outlook totally for me yeah. is big because we're not going to get that money back now.
3: Oh well, my, my point is I don't think we spent any money to be honest with you. I think I think it was just uh it's it sort of it balanced each other out. Scott, you come in, you can be referee in this one. What's your uh what's your verdict on the new director of football and what do you think about have we spent a lot of money the last year?
2: I think Scott Scott's word there intrigued. I'm very intrigued with this because I'm a bit of a cynic. I don't know if this this has been kind of expedited after a wee bit of obviously heightened pressure last night. I I don't think this was going to be announced before, before today. So I'm quite I'm I'm intrigued. I, I don't as again I'm much like you. I've, I've been reading. i I've never heard of of the director of football until I heard his name today. So I was doing a wee bit of digging. him. This again, Scott's covered it well. On to the point about finances. Yeah, yes, I agree that Rangers have spent and brought in quite a bit over the summer, but Scott's completely right. The money has been wasted in terms of you look at them. I mean, Danilo, I still think Danilo can come good. I think he's been off-form, mm-hmm. but Dessers and Lammers and Sifuentes I think we can throw into that category now. I think that they, they three are... Dessers and Lammers have been a disaster. Sifuentes can still improve, but they, they are massive outlays of the club, and it's every penny Rangers spend has to be spent wisely and they haven't. And that, this is why a director of football is so important. This the, the reason I think the summer business was so bad is because you had a manager signing players that he liked four years ago who have got worse in the four years. So you can't have, you need, you need a structure in there. And that's why I think like it's a double announcement as well. Rangers fitness issues and a shambles. So, to have a head of performance, ahead of like we all reports he's a kind of sports science and fitness guy, the, the guy from Brighton. He's going to take charge of that side and Rangers are going to have a head of football recruitment taking charge of the player trading model, trying to get the best out of assets at the club. So yeah, I, I really like the appointment. I think it's it's obviously some like I thought Ross Wilson was a great appointment, so I'm not one to thought at the start he was, and then he just I think he got too much power. But I think we are going to see a bit of a different Rangers and I think it's what we've needed to see for years. I think we need to see a, a movement in terms of fitness, sports, science, recruitment. Celtic are far better at recruitment than Rangers and have been for years. So Rangers need to adapt. And this, I hope, is them learning that. They should have learned it years ago, but they haven't. This is the opportunity now. They've got a guy in to look after that side of the department. He's worked with out in the past. So they're going to have a good relationship off, off the back. It's not going to be the likes of Stephen Gerrard and Mark Allen who'd never met before, like Pedro Cashinha had never like he was brought in first and then the director of football. There seems to be a bit of a relationship already. Like I I would I would imagine club has had a say on who the director of football's been. So I, I think it's Rangers moving into more of a kind of different a modernisation, which I think they've had to for a long time. But the first thing is Scott's right, first thing they need to fix spending money wisely on players like no like PSV they spent, like, Singari came into PSV when he was 21. They sold him for 24. They sold him when he was 24 for three times what they bought. That's mm-hmm. what Rangers need to be doing. Rangers haven't done that for years. Rangers' mm-hmm. Rangers biggest problem, in my opinion, is they brought players in. Like, Borna Baris, it shouldn't still be at the club. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, he valued two years ago when they won 55. Kamara was probably, you would have probably bought more money for Kamara two years ago. You would have got money for Morelos and Kent, but instead, we keep them too long they then lose their value and therefore assets that you thought were big now are worth nothing. So that needs to be something that we need to see an improvement in that regard because I think that's the big difference between Celtic and Rangers. Celtic, sell players at the right time, Rangers don't. And that's kind of the big difference.
3: Yeah, that, that will be uh, from, from PSV. I actually walked past him uh, the last time I was in the uh, PSV, the PSV game, not the, the last one, but the one before. I was was going to say, I hope you lose tonight, but I thought, no, I better not be childish. So I'm going to tell you what the the, the PSV has said about it. And you'll need to excuse me a wee bit of a stutter at this because I'm reading it in Dutch and translating it into English. It's the coordinator scouting, Niels Coppin, is leaving PSV. The 38-year-old Belgium is becoming director of football recruitment from its Scottish Rangers FC Niels started in 2018 as scout by PSV and and uh after two years through to his func- function uh, as coordinator. Before Niels it was in, in, in his job was by PSV, had a job by PSV. He was uh head of uh, youth by WOMO, as WOMO SK and the whole scouting by KRC Bengh. Now, around five uh, after five years, it's coming to to an end. And by PSV, the club wishes him all the success. Sorry, a bit of a stutter there, but trying to trying to read and, and translate at the same time isn't <laughs> isn't a, a favourite hobby. Um. Okay, I think that's that. End of end. Have you any, done any homework on the boy Taylor? Any you know in about him?
2: Just that he's, he was quite involved in the sports side. Like Brighton, I think, in the past 10 years have been going down that, that sports science route, so I think he is a big part of that. I think Brighton are probably, in terms of, they use analytics and data more than most clubs in the Premier League, so I'm quite intrigued with that. Because Rangers, I mean, famously, Clement said that there was technology beat there at uh, 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 I still call it Murray Park, even though that, that name should never be used. Uh there was technology there that wasn't used and they didn't know what to do with it. So I, I like the idea of bringing somebody in who's more leaning towards that side of it. So I'm quite intrigued. I'm probably more intrigued by, by his appointment than the director of football because I think that's something Rangers have been missing for a long time. It's, they have a really good training facility, but they don't use it to the best effect. So this guy could potentially have a set, have a plan in that regard and try and improve that because I think that's something that Rangers have been behind on for
3: so long. So I'm, I I think he's quite good in that. Stephen Gerrard brought in a whole team of the sports science people when he when he
2: came in and he did, but, yeah he did. And again, that was something that like when when Gerrard left, that seemed to disappear with him. Like, mm. so I'm I'm quite kind of hoping like Gerrard obviously Gerrard came through with like, a really good playing background, so I, I'm I can I, I can understand why he went down that route. But Rangers, that's why you didn't really see a lot of injuries under Gerard. It's no coincidence that when Gerard left, the injuries just get so high. So that could be that that could be something as well. But yeah, I hope this guy could be he brings something to that field because that's a field that I mean we need to see a better. Fit. I mean, Rangers, you can't have it. Rangers don't have a, Rangers haven't had a stable team since Gerard left because there's so many injuries. So I hope this guy can improve that because that could be that could be a massive difference.
3: Well, I know Gio, he had the, the old Dutch way of you, the only training you do is with a ball at your feet. You don't mm-hmm. do any kind of running. You've got to have a ball at your feet. I've told the story before. I I, I get pulled off the training park and get told when, when I had young guys running around the the, the park. I get pulled off and to get told, uh, you've got to have a ball to play here, uh, to, to train here. So there's, uh, you're not allowed to just have them running. Okay, So, Anyway, we'll move on, and I'll, the starting lineup. We will see, Dave. What did you think of the starting line-up last night when you first heard it?
0: Uh, well, I was surprised to see Lammers in there. That was uh, that was the first thing that leapt out the page, at me, uh, Because you know, I don't think just from his efforts, you know, since he arrived and his efforts on 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 Saturday, you know, or Sunday, sorry, was. Uh, I didn't really see that coming, but uh, clearly uh, Plumwood thinks there's a player in there, and which is why we ended up seeing him. But uh, nothing he did last night uh, has changed my opinion on him. So no, I was surprised in that. And Cantwell continuing to play on the right, and we've not we've seen how that ended. And uh, I mean the 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 two central defenders. I mean you would have thought on paper, Suter and Davis, mm-hmm. both experienced guys, know what they're doing, but. We've seen from uh, the Aris goal that, you know, they, they were, I mean, I know people are making a song and dance about Todd Cantwell losing possession, but Todd Cantwell's losing possession. 70 yards from our goal, you know, we had uh, we had at least two opportunities to, to stop that. You know, one was in midfield when when uh, their midfielder pinged it forward and, and their other opportunity was, well, probably three if you think, if we include Butland. Was the central defenders to cut it out and and, and stop him? Uh, we didn't take that, and and then he just rounded Butland, but uh, and and popped it in. But that was a not not a good goal. I mean, and, and it's the it's the the goal we lost against Celtic. The goal against we goal against we lost lost against Aberdeen, and the one we lost last night, all the same same type of goal. Just a ping through the middle of us. I mean, two touch, one touch from midfield straight through to the forward who's uh, in and goal and, and scores. So, you, know, we, you you would think we would learn from it, but we, we don't. So, no, so the, in terms of the, the team, other than Lammers, it was pretty much as expected. So, it didn't go yeah. to plan, though.
3: Scott,
1: what was your, Scott, Scott, McGay, uh, what was your verdict on the team? Like I say, uh, I was off pretty much and kind of Everybody I was way kind of turned around. The general feeling amongst the crowd was they couldn't believe Sam Lammers was starting. Um, I felt the booze uh, sub were that's probably a bit of a controversial opinion, but I thought it was warranted last night when Campbell got brought up. I thought Cantwell was the only one kind of when he got on the ball, he was kind of trying to create something, trying to make something happen. Obviously, he loses the ball for for their goal, but um, that's not just doing to him, that's, that's doing it have being a couple of yards further forward than he should have been. There was obviously any communication between him and Ben Davies. Um he needs to get Cantwell a run and, and um in his natural position. But one of the boys in front of me at the game last night was saying apparently a it's a it's an attitude problem in training. Take for that what you will. Um, it's because Clement's kind of demanding more from Todd Cantwell because he knows he's got it. Like I say, it's just it's just rumours to me, but um, there's something all right somewhere. In terms of the lineup, it was kind of as expected. The party, Wamal starting. I thought Lawrence would have maybe a get. I think Tom Warrens offers you far much more than Sam Wamal is ever going to offer you. Um, looking at his stats last night. I mean, he, I think he lost possession, was dispossessed like seven times, and never won any duels in the air. And there's just there's just a want with the guy in terms of what he's actually bringing to this side and why the manager to persist through um, so that would be my only gripe about last night is the fact he was playing because you're actually playing with 10 men when the guy's on the park Yeah that's, uh,
3: that's true Scott Mike, what was what, your, your version on the starting line-up are you surprised I, thought,
2: at anybody? I was surprised with I yeah I was surprised I, I did think I, I wasn't necessarily I didn't think Lawrence was starting I thought Lawrence was you know he went off, I thought he looked a bit kind of unfit when he went away. He I think Sunday took a bit out of him, so I wasn't surprised he wasn't starting. I thought you would maybe see him with coming in in the, the right or put Matondo on the left and move Seymour to the right or something like that and play Campbell through him. I, I didn't think Lammers would start, but I think I, I think Lamont gets team selection wrong. Look, I, I, I think it was more, I mean, I, I don't like doing this, but I think Lammers is just a waste of a shot. I I just think he's offering nothing. Like Scott said there, I I counted 13 times I lost the ball last night. And if you want to look at a a problem, see, I I can't remember, it was definitely in the first half, but Barisic puts a ball in and Lammers goes to hit it with his right. No, sorry, goes to hit it with his left. It bounces off his right and ends up in Sufentes' feet and Sufentes doesn't know what to do either. That's two players that, that don't have any confidence. But instead, you're, Lam, Lamers, putting Lamas out there and him not able to offer anything isn't helping him. And you, you have to look at the kind of, the human side of it. He isn't suited. I, I still don't know what he's meant to bring to this side. So I, I don't know why he keeps persevering with him. I mean, does he think there's a player there? We, we've seen wee glimpses like his goal against the D. I mean, that's a, that's a really good goal but we can count on one hand how many times Sam Lammers has done anything productive. And that's a really bad thing to say at the start of December about any new signing. So, I would say I understand the booze. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think again, it's just, I understood it would be because that was so untenable but we're still, we're booing, you're booing the team, you're booing the manager in my opinion so but I understood why the crowd were frustrated because although Cantwell was to, was to blame for giving the ball away, Lam- you can't look at that team. The one, the big difference, I, I think, between Lammers and Cantwell is we know Cantwell can. Cantwell's performances when he came in to the end of last season were so good, were so different to what we've seen. So we know there is a body of work there we can look at and say, we know what Cantwell can do. We don't have that with Lammers. So when you're taking Cantwell off and keeping Lammers on the park, you're throwing that chance away. Cantwell, as a player who can find something from nothing, Lamers isn't. So I, I, I wouldn't have taken off Cantwell. I think, as you say, it's the media have jumped on it because it is a big story, but mm-hmm. it could have been avoided. I think Lamers. I, I think Lamers is just. I, I think there'll be a probably a fight. The fires will be started if he starts on Sunday, because he's everybody now is is what, singing off the same ham sheet. They don't see anything. And I don't think it's a coincidence as well that Dessers hasn't been on in the past two games. I think Clermont's made his mind up about him. So these are two players that you bought for a lot of money who are offering you nothing. But Lamers is the one who keeps playing. And it's going to come a point he's got to say, right, I'm, I'm not be able to get anything out of this guy. So we have to make a decision. We have to thanks for your thanks for your time, Sam. Sorry it's not worked out. Let's let's try and get you a move in January. Because he's not offering Rangers anything. And it's, it's sad, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that there was no coincidence that the only spark in the game last night was Ross McCausland. And it was because he's the only player that really could provide a spark because everybody else was just done. I just thought everybody else was so poor, with the exception of Lundström. I thought Lundström, I don't think it was his best game, don't get me wrong, but he had to do a lot of donkey work because of how poor Sufentes was. So he had to do a lot of the work. So I would give him a pass, but everybody else I thought would, would except for a with would section of Buckland and Lundstrom were poor. And McCausland just came and he was the only real spark of that team and it's no, no accident that he gets the goal.
3: Well, Maurice Ross, he, he came out today and he said, I don't know how his connections are, but I would imagine he still gets some connections with, with Rangers somewhere. And he came out and said that this has been boiling over between Cantwell and... Come for quite a while. The 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 the, the in training, they're, they're sort of not getting on together either. So we'll need to see. Dave, I mean, we we watched uh, Todd Cant we'll watch walking off yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was just looked so dejected. And I think Come wanted to talk to him, but he just sort of a uh, pushed his way past him. Uh, what, what what's your uh, verdict on that? What do you think?
0: I, I think it uh, gives us a wee telltale into uh, the, the management style of Philip Clement. Clearly he's a kind of yell and tell type more coach, you know, and I think this is this is predictable. It was therefore preventable. So I think Philip Clement's got to take some of the, the heat here because why, why, why would he want to put Todd Cantwell on the right when he's got McCausland, who's, you know, a, a, right, a right winger, you know, on the bench, and and take Todd Cantwell away from the number ten position and play the lump of wood that is Sam Lammers. You know, in the number ten position. I mean, it, it was almost like it was a setup, and then to take him off after thirty minutes. You know, and then and the the crowd clearly made their their feelings known about all of this. I mean, how stupid was that? So, what what was Philip Clement expecting there? What what was he expecting of of Cantwell? Because Cantwell's the type of player, and I think lot of good football players, you know, it's it's an instinct. So when you get the ball, you know, you're just make a call on whether I go right or left, depending on where the opposition players are relative to you and things like that. So he's he's made the point in his post match comments that uh, Todd Cantwell was cutting inside and he wasn't staying right where he expected him to be. So I, I don't think you can teach a player, you know, to, to play that that level of, of tactics, you know, say when you get the ball, I want you to do this with it. So see when T- Todd Toddwell gets the ball. Todd Cantwell will do what what, what comes to him is instinctively is a is a, a very good football player. And to then embarrass the guy by taking removing him from the pitch and leaving Lammers on, I think that was just an act of petulance. It was stupidity. I really don't see what what Clement's trying what point he's trying to make there in doing that. I'm in charge, you'll do what I tell you. Uh, surely, I mean, that, that, that's schoolboy stuff. I mean, you can't treat these people like children. They're professional football players. And I think Philip Clement let us down big time last night with that stuff. When he's taken off one of the, one of the players who can threaten Aris and, and, and leaving his short in midfield, you know. So we all know what uh, Todd Cantwell can do. He's got it in him. He's got the Hollywood ball. You know, he'll do the unexpected and when we needed that in our midfield last night, he chose to withdraw it and, and leave that dumpling on the pitch. I, I, that's not good enough for me.
2: Scott, can <coughs> I just ask a question? You were at the game last night. Did Cagmill come out for the second half? No, Did he come out and sit on the bench?
3: Pass.
1: Don't know. Couldn't As you, ben,
3: far as yeah. I know. As far as I know. It was, yeah. the, I know there was a story going round that uh, he had left the building, but from what I've heard today,
2: was I, did
1: doing, I did see him going doing a tunnel after I get subbed, but that was that was that Because I, I saw him
2: sitting and then like the second half. I was trying to look and see because I just watched on the TV, I wasn't at the game, but I was trying to look and see if he'd come out for the second half, and then I'd heard this morning that he'd left he'd left at half time or something. But again, that's it's rumor rumour mill. But I was just wondering, because I, I hadn't heard anything. I was just wondering if he had come out, because I hadn't seen him and I'd heard that story, so I didn't know what the what the if there was anybody in the game that could tell
3: me that her own Shona rubbished rubbish that she said he was sitting in the the, the bench, and I think her place is, is just behind the just behind the the the, the, the players sit. So she rubbish it, says it's uh, he was sitting in the bench the whole game. So as far as I know, it's rubbish. I wasn't there, so I can't can't say for a hundred percent. they just one last wee we question before I go on. The Boone, do you agree with that?
0: A. Uh, I think that comes almost by instinct. I don't think you can uh, blame anyone for that because I think the Rangers fans will have been extremely disappointed. You know, we're watching Todd Cantwell, who is a bit of a favourite, but we also know what he's capable of, and we know what Sam Lammers isn't capable of. And to watch him leave and him stay on, I think that that would have been uh, that would have been too much for me. I think I'd have been uh, given Clement, you know, a, a mouthful. You know, uh, but he's the manager. And and he will live and die by these decisions. And and if I think he makes too many of them like that, then he's in for a rude awakening. And as I said, and I and I posted it in the WhatsApp last night. That if uh, this doesn't go well, and it didn't go well, then uh, the honeymoon well and truly over for Philip. Come and I think his honeymoon ended last night.
3: Well, come gave a press conference last night after the game, and he was asked uh, how did he thought they played. He said it started well. And, and we were pressing well, but then we looked as if we get nervous, and uh, the goal was unnecessary. I'm going to I'm going to leave out most of what he said, but he did go on to talk about Todd Cantwell, and he said exactly. I think Scott, Scott said it that um he he just wasn't doing what what I asked him to do, yeah. and he said they asked him what do you think his best position is, and he said himself I think he's the best in number ten. But then he says, "But he should be able to play out in the right, and he can't play out in the right. He just needs the confidence to do it." So it's a it's a pretty pretty funny know. way of thinking, is it? Yeah, I've, I've got this think. is it the sort of a, "I want to put my stamp on this team" or or yeah? I don't know. I, I, I don't can, get
0: the reason. Can I just come in there? That's that's as I said. That gives us a wee telltale of of who Philip Clement is and how he wants to manage these players. And I think, I mean, could you imagine Paul Gascoigne being in Philip Clement's squad and how, how he would manage that? I mean, it, so he's got Todd Cantwell. Clearly, Todd, you know, is a he's quite a lively character and, and he's got fairly firm opinions about, you know, his life in general. But you can see what this boy can do in the football pitch. And and we've seen it. And, you know, so to play him on the right wing and then punish him, it just seemed like, you know, Mm-hmm. No, I'm taking you off after 30 minutes because he, what he says is he's not following my instructions to, to then put on uh, McCausland, which was probably where he should have started, and and, and not put Cantwell in midfield. So was that for, the, for was that the best thing for Philip Cumont, or was that the best thing for the team? And I think it was the best thing for Philip Cumont because if he had been had you know our team at, at heart, then he would have you know he could have says I'll see you after the game. Todd, but get in that midfield and get us a goal, you know, so he should have done what was best for our team last night. And he didn't, he chose to do what was best for himself, what he thought was best for himself. I think he's going to be in for a rude awakening on that one.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mid mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
3: Scott Mackay. Somebody said to me, one of our one of our own, Bill, on the the WhatsApp. He said we actually played better with Lammers on than we did when he came off. What did you think of that? No, no uh, completely, I
1: mean, completely, I mean, completely, not totally disagree. Well, there to be a range of
0: opinions on, on all issues. Right, exactly. exactly. One's that one's. Right. <laughs>
1: Sam Lammers was, as I said, he's an empty jersey last night. Me and my pal actually disagreed that it would have been better playing with 10 men than <laughs> having Sam Lammers in the park last night. I saw Sam Lammers as he's an empty jersey. I've tried to get it, See, after his goal against Dundee, I looked at him and I watched some clips and I was like, right... because I was asked to write an article on him about how he can be utilised. And I was like, right, so how... How could come on use this guy? Because if he's going to play him every week, I'm assuming he must be like a Brandon Barker on training. He must be the best player in training every day. But when it comes to yes, you, he has a bit the that. park, aye, but when it comes to playing in the park, he just doesn't always ask for his elbow. But uh but how, how I thought you could use Sam Lammers was if you're going to be playing with like a lot of cross boys, just get him in a box. Just get him in a box and get him interfering things. He can't he play the number ten rule even looking up at a back four. He kinda used his physical his his physicality. We've seen that. he's got composure in front of goal. He's missed massive chances, i.e. the when he took the ball by Joe Hart in the old firm game. Um the header last Sunday he missed at Aberdeen was absolutely criminal man. Absolutely criminal. I that that at that point for me was like right, that's it. Chances are done. Time's up. But no, I just still comes out on Thursday night and, and gives him an hour run running the park. Why? Because he's not he's not producing. And see when Todd Cantwell was in the park last night, I come on to his, and say, in his post-match presser, he was, Cantwell kept on trying to come inside so he brought McCausland in to, to play wide right. So why not just pull off your donkey and put one of your, put your best number 10 in his natural position? It's It's absolutely mental. It's... I just can't understand it at all. Um, I don't know what it, it. was right in terms of bringing McCausland on and playing him in that position, but he should have started because the boy scored the goal. The boy had a. It was our best player, as Scott McPike says. It was a. It was the only bright spark kind of second half. Um, took his goal really, really well, but I'm just I'm struggling to see why we're persisting with Sam Wallace. If he's in a good game in training, he's shown a better attitude than Cantwell, Fine. But you need him to produce a good Sonny Park, and he's not doing it. <laughs> he's missing massive chances for us. He's costing his points. He's actually costing his points now. We could have done one-one draw with Celtic at Ibrox if he, if he varies that chance. And he, he could have won his three points at Aberdeen last week. That's crucial in title races. It's crucial in title races, and the guy's not about it. I've tried to get my benefit out, and clearly Philippe Cabon's tried to get my benefit out, but there's got to come a time where you're let right I've got Lawrence back, I've got, I need, I'm going to play Cantwell wrong the ten Lawrence played left wing for Derby, played right wing He can play anywhere across the front three So why why is he persisting with Cantwell out in the right When Lawrence is naturally going to be a lot more comfortable out there When that's where he's played previously I
3: think Ross Coslin was the way to go uh, I think we've, we've got to agree with one thing I, I think he was right that Coslin made a big difference when he came on Scott Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, bike,
2: a, sorry, of right. No, he did. And he did, but it was—it was always going to make a difference because he's young, he's hungry, he's like—he's he gets his first goal. That at his first goal at senior level—that'll do. And a fifty thousand seat stadium, that'll do him the world of good. That'll do nothing but positives for his confidence. Mm-hmm. But he did—he did bring that—that that level of width. I mean, we've screamed about it for months. Rangers have absolutely no options in the wide areas. So he's a, he's a Merz as a player. I think even though, like, on the left, Seymour, like, he's not he's not showing what he was at the start of the season, but he's still trying his heart out. He's still trying to make things happen. Just nothing's coming off for him. But I thought, yeah, I mean, there was... Rangers did start well. Rangers, the first 20 minutes, I thought Rangers were fine. It was that thing of Cantwell was trying to come in centre. And you could see, and I heard this in authority for somebody at Irox, time that Cantwell was coming in centre, Clermont was going apoplectic in the sideline. So and I don't know if you noticed, but McCausland was warming up after four minutes. Yep. So it wasn't warm it, he wasn't warming up unless there was already some sort of frustration there. So something definitely was upsetting Clermont early on. But I I think I think I think in Sunday, if, if Cantwell has not starting, then I think we know where that relationship's at. But I'll be amazed if Cantwell hasn't started number 10 in Sunday. Because he has to. He has to, he has to be the number one option. I think I agree with Scott that Lawrence can play either left or right. I think Tom Lawrence's best position is number 10 behind a striker. But I would say Cantwell, Cantwell on the right hasn't worked. So McCausland, I think McCausland, like, he has to start going forward every game. Like, I don't get this thing of like he was really good against Livingston. He was Livingston game was Rangers didn't really perform at all. They didn't really have to. But McCoy was getting involved in everything. So he hasn't done anything but impress since he's been at Rangers, since he's come into the first team. So I think he has to be a starter. So <coughs> yeah, I, mean, I I think Rangers I, I think he was the bright spark. It was good he got the goal, he was trying everything, you know what I mean? He was if he was a bit if he was a bit more selfish, he'd have probably got a penalty. And I don't like players that jumping down, but he, he, he would have got a penalty if he jumped down. So, I mean, he was involved in everything. Like If Rangers were going to score a, a second goal last night, it was only coming from him because Danilo wasn't at it. Sema wasn't wasn't really getting much. And Tavernier, I thought, was off as well. So he was the only, to me, he was the only real option Rangers had to get a goal last night. So I, I think he has to be a permanent starter going forward. Until he he does something, and I, I don't think he will, I don't think he's that, like, I, I don't agree with that thing, that he's still young, he's 20, do you know what I mean? Like, he's he's old enough to really contribute, so, no, I think he's he's done really well, since he's come in, he was really good last night, one of the only players, so, I think he has to be a, a main man going forward.
3: Davey, I'm going to give you the one, of my, questions, Juventus, is he a footballer?
0: Yeah, um, I I just don't see it. In Cifuentes. I think he's not mobile enough. I just he just looks like I and mean, the touches that he has. I mean, he'll go in for challenges. He wins some of them, but see in terms of the kind of energy that he brings to the game, well, it's it's not enough energy he brings to the game. It all just seems too lethargic for me. I just I just want someone who moves a bit quicker than that, who who will move into positions to receive the ball. You know, work off the ball, but when when he's on the ball. I just, just, the quality's just not there. I think that's just my final analysis in Sifuentes. He just lacks quality. It just, the movement, I, I don't see it. He's not, you no, know, bursting into spaces to offer himself to take a pass. Uh, uh, I, just not there for me, I'm afraid. And I think, you know, you'll, and I think we'll see the difference when we get uh, Raskin back and, you know, contrast and, contrast and compare, you know, between Sifuentes and Raskin in terms of the the application that they, that they put into the game and, and, and the energy that they bring uh, night and day for me. I, I don't see it in Sifuentes, I'm afraid. But, I mean, sorry, just a wee thing on Todd Lamers. See when he missed, you know, for, for, for Scott's... Sam, uh, Sam Lammers. For the top Scott. Yes, yeah, Sam Lamers. sorry. When, when see when he had the Aberdeen chance on, on Sunday... I so wanted him to score that, you know, just to put that a bit sure, of credit in the
2: bag. That. that would have made his career. That would have been one, one of those moments. So like the like, like three tickets
1: in months. That would have that been score. his Eric Bo Anderson
2: moment. moment. That would have been the moment, Eric, the Eric Bo Anderson moment, as I call it. Yeah. That, that would
0: have made him. I know. And I just, I mean, his confidence he would have got from that. I just so wanted him to score that. Obviously, the three points, but, you know, just the difference that would have made for him, you know, he'd. Have, been carried off the pitch, you know. Well done, Sam. You saved the day. And I just think we we could have maybe just given him a lift mm-hmm. because the guy looks like he's he's being haunted. You know, when he's on that pitch at Ibrox, he just looks he, fear is written on his face. I just and it's the harder he tries, the worse it gets. So I,
3: I, I think it's sort of got to do with the American football, though. I, I mean, I watched the, the the two games when we knew we were signing them for the, their Champions League. And he was just the same He just, he just sort of Strolled about And if, if he gets the ball And he's plenty of room It's no problem As soon as a player near him Then uh, Then he's lost the ball but it's, uh, Scott Was your uh, Are you a Just just I'll see a Scott, Scott McKay I'll go to first I'll give you the All the chance
1: um, Aye Aye I'm, I'm not saying I'm a fan But I'll give him a wee bit more time Um, He's only had Two Two starts under a manager not like Sam Lammers, where he's played, he's been. another never present or. I think Lammers has missed one of the matches. No, um, oh, he hasn't. He's played every game. Played Having every
2: game. The only two he's played every game. I
1: thought C. Sifuentes at Aberdeen last week. Kind of, he was involved more in the in the game in the second half. Um he made more of an impact. Um, I was watching some of his stuff on YouTube the night before I came on to try and just to try and back him up a wee bit. And it's just it's a style of football. It's the style of football that we play against these players only suited against the low block. I mean, Sifuente's playing in the MLS had time and space on the ball. You should see some of the passes the guy was spraying out. He was trying them last night, but they weren't the coming off. Just whether that's uh to a lack of match sharpness or because um, he gave the ball away quite a few times last night when he was trying to spray it out to the right and and I noticed in some of the highlights he plays on the kind of the right side of central midfield as well that's where he played for New York so that is kind of his position um he didn't have a great night last night in the slightest but I think we need to give him just a wee bit more time he's come over doesn't know the language is especially climate as well I mean <laughs> how call it is and stuff like that just now um I just I just wish we had more kind of quality in, in central midfield to give Clermont a wee bit of time to work with him on a training pitch to see if there is a player there um so, I I think there could be something, but I think we need to get off his back. I think we need to give him a wee bit more time. There was guys behind me last night shouting for him in the first like 10-20 minutes, and there was a bit like, no, you need to you need to give the boy time. He's this is only his second match under the new manager. So if it doesn't work out, fine. It doesn't work out. I think um, there was quite a few clubs interested in him in this summer anyway. So yeah, I think I don't think he'll be short of suitors do we decide to sell them? I think that is one that you'll get one and a half million pounds for. Easily. Easily, because there was, there was teams looking at them.
3: There was somebody standing in front of my throat, my, my wife, shouting and bawling to get them off after 15 minutes. <laughs> or even less. So I'm afraid that was one of them. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just thought it was terrible. Scott, uh, McPike, uh, I'll let you and uh, Sifuentes, but I'll, I'll put you on to see my uh, were we jumping the gun when we were saying he's a 70 to ten million pound
2: player? No, I thought it was interesting when Cormont came out and said that a, a reason for his kind of downturn in form was potentially, I think he's just become a dad, I think I'm right in saying. So that that can be... that. I mean, I can understand where he's coming from there. I, I can understand why that maybe has an impact. He's not sleeping as much and things like that. But I, I do think... I, I think the one thing with Seema is that he'll try... He reminds me a bit of Sakala. I think he's a better player on Sakala. But he will keep trying. Do you know what I mean? If nothing's coming off, it, it won't stop until... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not like he's going to like alarmers where you could oh. see last night that he got to a stage where he was just like, oh, nothing's coming off for me. And he's getting that too too often. Like, Seema will keep trying. I wouldn't be surprised if Seema's like the sort of person who'll score a big goal in the last minute, like in a cup final or something like that. If are real under the course, because he will always try that. Like, but because he's, he's absorbing so much energy, I thought he obviously went off yesterday. And I think I think it might be kind two or three weeks before we really see Sima kinda pick up again. Just on Sifuentes, I remember when he signed, I spoke to an LAFC podcaster, and this is what he told me about Cifuentes. And we haven't seen that yet, in my opinion. He said he's an all action midfielder that likes to play on the front boot, front foot. He's very good against the ball. He can press, win the ball from the opponents and he thrives at driving the team forward in transition. We haven't seen that from Joseph Suflentes. Now, you can say that, for, you can say there's two reasons for that. Number one, he's not being played in that position where he can be that kind of number eight But I think he was brought in to be and he's not a set He's not, mm. it wasn't, there was a reason he was getting in the way of Lundstrom. Lundstrom was having to tidy up a lot of his mess. They were getting in each other's way. I don't think Sifuentes was comfortable there. But the other argument to that is is that there's nobody really else that can play that role right now. Jack's injured. Raskin's injured. Rice, I think. I, I, I think Bailey Rice is a really good player. I don't think he's, he's there yet in terms of getting yeah, trusted um, to be in that position. So I think Sifuentes is going to play there until somebody comes back. But... I think we'll still to see the best of Sifuentes. Like I, I, I do watch a lot of MLS, and he did. He was a bit of a standout for me like a couple of times last year, where he was playing in that role. I think the games you were talking about the Champions League, I've heard this in good authority. I think he was it was a classic example as he knew a move was coming. He didn't want to get injured, and I, I don't really have an issue with that because if he'd arrived at Rangers injured, it would have been typical. But we, we aren't seeing Jose Sefuentes to best effect. I think once everybody's fit, we could. Hopefully, maybe see him play a bit more of a kind of forward playmaker role. That kind of box to box that I think Rangers have missed for a long time. So I wouldn't give up on Cifuentes, but I I think he needs to improve. I thought he was fine against Aberdeen, but yesterday I thought he, like as you say he was making a lot of loose passes. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's kind of ruining the attack He's he's kind of going for tackles. I don't think he was good at all. I just think we need to see. He needs. He looks to me to be a player who. Not that he build a team around. I don't think he's, he's that type of player. I don't think he's earned that. But I think he is suited to a certain way of playing that Rangers aren't, aren't playing at the moment because he's playing in a role that he's playing in a certain role that he has to play because there's nobody else. I think if you might once everybody's fit, you might see a bit better, a bit better version of Joseph Fuentes. But right now he's not showing enough for me yet. But I wouldn't completely give up on
3: him. No, oh, well it's too too much money to give up on him. I think uh, yeah and. Yeah, everybody keeps him saying even Bill said he will be a world beater once once he gets going, but as you say, we haven't we haven't seen that. Dave uh, come on was talking about the game on Saturday and somebody asked him, or I they have even come up on Sunday, somebody asked him against a Scottish team, do you not think you can play with one defensive midfield player and play with more attacking football? And his answer was, if you're playing with two wide wide uh, attacking defenders, then you need two defensive midfielders. So he meant Barisic and uh, Tavernier obviously attacking so much. He says you need two defensive midfielders. Otherwise, in the transition, you'll lose a lot of goals. What's your verdict on that,
0: Dave? Well, we had two on last night and we lost one in the transition. So... Where were our two holding midfielders there to 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 stop that? <clears throat> then pushing forward in transition. So I heard that comment today, and and to be honest, from from his his take on last last night's game, and and the reason you know for uh, removing uh, Todd Cantwell, and and the reason for asking him to play that position mm-hmm. in the first place, when, when McCausland's there, and it's not his natural position, and then when he to cho- choose to make the sub you know, doing what he did. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, some of the shine went off of Clement for me last night. I just thought, and just the way that he did it, I just thought it was petulant. So uh, I, I think, you know, if he thinks we need to play two holding midfield players against St Mairn Ibrox because we may lose the ball in transition. and uh, we just need to get him in front of a TV screen and, and actually look at St Mern and. <laughs> You know, because uh, that's that, that's we should not be playing two holding midfield players at Ibrox <clears throat> against you know anyone maybe other than them. So that's I'm sorry, but and I, I guess he'll he'll get a better understanding of Scottish football as he gains more experience of it. That just maybe you know the the default position of Philip come that he, that he he prefers to have the two if he's going to have attack fullbacks then he, he needs two holding midfield players. I think he might be. Uh, maybe that was just a surround him. whatever forwards St. Man leave up at the weekend. You know, we've got we've got two central defenders and two holding midfielders to block out all the daylight <laughs> that may get to their forward. So I don't know what his uh, intentions are, but that's not required.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't say we need two. I mean, I don't think we need two holding defenders uh, of midfield def- uh, players. I think we could play one and in a box-to-box that that, that went and comes and goes, attacking, defence, attacking, defence. Scott, what do, you, do, you, do you think we can play with, with two? Well, no, I'll ask you another question. Do you think we can play with two number 10s? Do you think we could play with Lawrence and Cantwell as two number 10s? Aye, aye,
1: definitely, definitely. Um Good players can play with each other. Um, I don't think. I don't. I don't think that's a realistic kind of statement because I don't think it's ever going to happen. When the, the manager likes to use width. But I think it could. It would definitely work. Um, I think Cantwell and Lawrence could do some real damage. I've been saying it we, since Bill was here. Um, that we have got the quality. It's just a case of getting the quality on the park and getting some sort of rhythm to it. Uh, getting some sort of formation that's going to. I mean, your three could be Lundstrom sitting and then have Cantwell and Lawrence going further forward. See, when you're playing against... A, we're going to play against a low block against St Mernity on Sunday. So, kind of, why can we not do it? But, but stop this and still have McCausland on the left and see on the right with Daniel through the middle. There's nothing really stopping this, especially with Raskin and Jack being injured yet again. Um, I don't see how, how it's not a, a, a realistic a kind of target that we could that we could do. You could maybe even if as one of uh, the comments is just coming through, you could have Lawrence as an eight with Lenny sitting and then Cantle further forward. Lawrence has played that position before as well. We've got a very versatile player on my books who's on a lot of money. So I think he should be playing. Um so I that's that's, that's my toppings worth you need to get your best players in the park and Cantwell and Lawrence are two of our best attacking players. They need to be playing. Yeah, I agree with that. Would
3: you, Scott, do you agree with that? Would you think the, the midfield uh, situation and what do you think can can make it better?
2: Yeah, I don't think you need to play two holding midfielders against St. Marin, for example. I, I think, as I, as I was saying earlier, if you can maybe try and kind of place is a bit further forward if he's going to play, but you can. I mean, Lynch, uh, Lawrence would be fine in there. Uh, yeah, you, I mean. I think, I, I think McCausland will start, and I think it obviously frees up. I would play Camille. Camille has to play. If he doesn't play, I think it probably sends a signal that I don't think mm-hmm. is good for the, the fans. But I think he plays... Uh, I, I, if it's Lawrence or Sequentes, play them a bit further forward. You don't need two sitting deep. I can understand it to a degree in big games. Like Wednesday night, for example, against Hearts, I think you might see him play two sitting midfielders. I don't think you need to play against Marin. So whether it's uh, Lawrence or Sifuentes, uh, just any one of them, and just play them a bit further up because I think there's more. You can get more out in in hours of the midfield, and I would have Lundstrom just sitting as he's done. He's I think Lundstrom's been fine in recent weeks, and either Lawrence or Sifuentes, just play them further up and see what they just try something different because the, the past two games that kind of midfield just has the really worked try something different whether it's either of them but
3: yeah I know I agree with that Yeah Evie, what, what do you think about Ruford Desserts not getting a chance coming on to to, to try and break open the defence in the last 10 minutes or something like that. Is, that is that is that a message do you think
0: well I think our experience of both would uh, give Flip want a pass on that one because you know how many times have we seen them you know Put their cape on, fly out, fly off the bench, and save us. It, it, it doesn't happen very often. No, I'm, I, I'm, I am i do not see. You know, that Des's is, is it not even a break glass moment gets him on the pitch for me. But I just it's just so slow and cumbersome. And, you no, know, I think we've got other options available to us in terms of un, unlocking defenses. You know, I, I'm kind of fairly simple in my view of football. First of all. You get your best players on the pitch, you know. I'm, I'm the kind of, I take the same view as you know. You, 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 we had at school when you, when you line up against the wall and the two captains pick their team, and you just start picking the best players first. That, that's pretty much my view of football, and which is why Todd, Todd Cantwell's got to play, on on Sunday, and uh, Sam Lammers isn't because you know, if he was uh, up against the wall in the gym, I would, then he would be. Uh, He'd begin straight back to the changing room. So, uh, no, it's get. We've we've got enough talent, and and obviously he has to give them some structure, some you know. But I don't think. I, I think it's fairly. I don't know if it's naive or arrogant of Philip, Philip Lamont to tell, to tell Todd or Here's how you go on, and, and here's how I want you to play. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the ball, here you go down the touchline, and then any time you get the ball, you go down the touchline. I think when he's going to uh, tell give players instructions to that level of detail, then uh, I think we are we've lost something. You just have to kind of trust the players. Trust the players. They they know what they're doing. They're good. He's clearly a, a cracking football player. He's a gifted football player. I think we just have to uh, trust the players With, within a certain structure. Obviously, he's not going to be uh, you know diving in front of the centre half. You know he's he's a, he's a right sided attacking player. And then I think you pretty much have to leave him, leave it up to him as to how he uh, interprets each situation, and for him to you kind know, spit the dummy and, and pull him after half an hour. I know I keep going on about it, but I just—it's just the the concern for me is that if that's that's how Philippe is going to manage this Rangers team, I think uh, that's a wee bit worrying for me. But I think against St man, you know, they're not—it's not going to be a. We, I think that they are all going to come and get bodies behind the ball, you know, with a view that when when they get the opportunity, they'll break. Uh, and I think, you know, two central defenders and, you know, and, and midfielders who are, who are mobile enough to, to, you know, to match them when, the, when they surge forward should be more than enough to cope with any attacking threat that they have and, and, and hitting us on the break. It should be... Uh, way more than enough for that and, and we uh, play to our strengths and, and obviously get get a few goals and, and go at them from the start because I think you know again last night we uh, we started not too bad but I, I would I would I would just like to see the, the energy go up go up a couple of notches but I say that most games to be honest yeah just want to
3: go a quick round now just the man of the match for you know, obviously in the Rangers side, I'll go. I'll go first, and my man of the match was John oh, Lundstrom. Well, <laughs> there you go. I'm giving John Lundstrom. I thought he was. I thought he was the best player by, by a country mile. To be honest, with you Well, McCausland when he came on made a big difference. But uh, no, I definitely uh, he was in midfield virtually alone, and he ran the show. So that is my man of the match, Scott Mackay.
1: McCausland, the only player offered anything, and he was only on for 60 minutes. Yeah, Easy.
3: Scott, McPike?
2: Yeah, I'd say McCausland. I'll, I'll give Lunes from credit as well. I thought he did well, kind of try to do two jobs. I would, a bit, McCausland was the only spark in that side, so McCausland by now. I...
3: Just a pity McCausland made the cut inside instead of taking the shot, and uh, just the ch- chance just after his goal... He get another chance. They went and he cut inside instead of taking the shot on, and that that was a pity because I think he probably scored from where he was. Dave,
0: yeah, I think McCoslin's got to get it just from the the difference that he made. You know, when he uh, when he came on, he was he was obviously asking questions of them. Eventually, he gets the goal, but uh, just that the, how direct he is, you know, and just when is so is to get forward. They'll take players on. Uh, and uh, actually, quite exciting future for, for Ross McCausland. I mean, I hope he uh, continues to apply himself in, in that manner and, and the rest of the times he plays for Rangers because uh, he certainly uh, looks, at, he looks, what he plays with the kind of energy and directness that, that we all want to see. So well, let's hope he keeps it up. Okay, yeah, I'm.
3: I'm... I think we're all agreed that it'll uh, uh, virtually be the, the same team except Wamers out and, and Cantwell in. I think everybody will be picking that. So I'm not going to go around for the team for four. But I'm going to go, uh, finish with, the, with, with the, the game at the moment. Far being used for more different things, like corner kicks, like uh, fouls. Scott McKay, what do you think of that?
1: It's ruining the game. It's ruining the game. It's getting used wrong. It's getting used wrong, it's as
3: easy as that. Yeah, it's uh, uh I, I, I suppose it depends on and the amount of time it takes to, if it can be done very quickly. But if they're taking they're taking five five six minutes now to make some decisions, Scott What would you think? Do are you in favor of farm take making more decisions?
0: Uh...
2: I, th- I think the big problem with VAR is, is that the technology's there to be used, but the people that are using it aren't very good. I think, like, I'm hearing the Sinbin thing. I think the Sinbin thing would be ludicrous, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think right. that would be a complete disaster. Like, I can see that being just a comedy show. But, no, just, I just, I think with VAR, like, I, I think, I, I don't think VAR is ever going to be allowed to be successful in Scottish football because we have way too much nonsense with referees. And it's not like it's referees aren't good, we know that. But the hysteria is just clamped up to hundred. And VAR is just has accelerated that because we're we're led to believe that VAR has been operated in a, in a Masonic Lodge. So we're never going to get any any kind of seriousness out of it, let's be honest. So giving them more decisions, I think, will just make Scottish football more of a nonsense. But if if the technology was used right, if there was a bit more kind of competence for the media in terms of covering it. I would be all for it, but I can see
3: I can see it being a complete disaster. I suppose it would get to a point that you don't need a referee in on the, on the park; that <laughs> you get just just have, have Farr and uh far make all the decisions. Are you sure?
0: Uh, no, sure. I, I think I mean, with the introduction and it being such a, a big change, I think it's there is going to be a take time for it to bed in, and you know, find out what works. What we could improve on—it's always going to be a process of refinement, you know—and and a change of that magnitude. So I would be—I uh, would be—I would think that we should just get comfortable with the changes that we've made so far before we start introducing, you know, further changes to VAR, because you know, it, it, VAR I think helps, and I am—I'm I'm a supporter of it. I think it, it improves the the quality of the decisions that are made. But when we saw, you know, on Tuesday night. The, the penalty which uh, PSG got against Newcastle, and, and you know, two guys and, and, and who, you know, were possibly Europe's finest in terms of, you know, the, the quality and seniority of the, the officials who, who were studying this and yet gave a penalty to Newcastle, which was laughable, to be honest. So you're thinking, yeah, we need to although it's technology we have to it's people who are applying that technology and ultimately it's a human decision so other than you know the goal line technology which is which is you know, a technology decision which is over the lane or not but you know when it's subjective you know when people are applying you know their subjectivity to these decisions i think uh, we, we have to work on on clarifying the position that the referees you know are in in terms of making calls and also in the reviews, because not in a month of Sundays was that a penalty, and yet you know, the, the, the referee, you know, was referred back, and he then reviewed it and, and decided to give a penalty. And I just wonder what, what, what happened there because this, the, the technology failed as in that instance. So, and there'll be other instances of that, but I think on the whole, it's 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 made for better quality decisions. So there'll always going to be teething issues. But I think we should stick with it because ultimately it's going to be uh, beneficial. And
3: the same, Ben, Dave, would, would
0: you what's your opinion of that? No, I would just leave the ref because, uh, you know, because if, if it's, I mean, I, would, I thought about, you know, time wasting and, you know, and rather than yellow cards. You no, know, I think, I think football is ultimately a simple game, which is why it went round the world so quickly. Because you don't need too much; you just need, you know, a, a bit of ground and a ball, some jumpers for the goalposts, and, you, and you're up and running. And you can play football, and that was the, the beauty of it, and why it just went spread across the continents. Uh, and I think that the further we get away from that kind of concept is, uh, is ain't necessarily a good thing. So I would be change it, but change it could be at your peril. So I'm I'm for keeping things simple. And I know that they have it in rugby and, and things like that, but football isn't rugby, so I would like leave as much as we can in the hands of the referee. But you know, when it's such big decisions and you know the, the importance of the, these games, and, and technology can assist the referee make a better decision, we should apply it. But I don't, I don't really see uh, much benefit in a And What's that? Um, what's that going to solve? What problem that we that exists at the moment that that going to solve? Is we want fewer bookings, we want fewer red cards. I, I I don't really find I don't really know what we're trying to solve, what problem we're trying to solve by introducing sin well,
3: I'll, I'll 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 give you my answer to that, Dave. Yesterday, I don't know if you remember the the player with the long hair from the other team. He pulled back, um, Suter I think it was Suter burst from the midfield. And he pulled him back. And he had done that, he done that just after it as well. He put he, he, he stopped somebody running down the, 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 the wing. I think it might have been Sima, but I'm not sure about that. And I think he stopped Rangers. It was a good burst through. Shooter bursting through. Mm-hmm. And he stopped that in the track. They got all the men behind the ball, and we get a free kick about 40 yards out. Now I think there is a place for the then? because I think if you do that so a team has so much profit from getting the players behind the ball again if they lose a player then I think they would stop doing things like that so I am um, um, i don't know how it would go but I definitely think there is a place for something between a yellow card and a red card I definitely think there is something Scott?
1: I no no definitely not I I'm, I'm you hear me, all right, eh? I, I think, I think my game's just going to turn into a complete joke if we start sin bins. It's not ice hockey we're playing; it's football. <laughs> I just, I just can't see the benefit of somebody getting a five-minute sin bin. It's just, it's just a daft idea, if be brutally really honest with you. And I don't. Yeah, think
3: who gets the benefit of them getting all the men behind the ball and the guy getting a yellow card? He didn't even get. He, he done it right after it. He should have got a red card, to be honest with you. And there was, there was a, the number nine from the number nine from them as well had two fouls right after each other should have got
1: them sent off as well. But that's but it's uh, that, that's football. It's football. Yeah. That's 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 the game that we all love and we all want it to watch. That's, it's it's <laughs> football. It's not yeah. it's not some. I no. I, I just don't agree with. It. I I just don't think. I don't like the idea. Of it I don't like the concept of it. I think it would be used the wrong. I think it would just ruin a game, to be brutally honest with you. Okay, Scott, you thought that as well.
3: I've not been able to change your mind. Nah, <laughs> I just don't.
2: I, I, I get it in like rugby well, and things like that. But as as David says, it's a different game. It's more. It's less. It's less intense for, for that kind of point of view. There's less kind of reaction for the crowd and things like that. Like I, you don't really hear fifty thousand fans booing if there's a decision that doesn't go their way. You don't hear it as much in rugby, so I get that. I just I think I think we're in especially in Scottish football, I think we're I think VR is just even even if it's right it's gonna be it's gonna be viewed as wrong. So you're just I think that I just would leave it alone to you now try and make the people that are reviewing the technology better. As if try and make the coverage of it better, try and not focus in the nonsense. Just let's let's just have a simple like i agree with david about the var at the newcastle game that was nonsense but that the problem with that is that it's the same with the the rule we shot pulling we can argue that the rule all we want and say it's a ridiculous rule it's the rule we need to just realize that and we can't then say oh because the rule has, has changed to what it was 10 years ago we can moan about it it's it's the rule we can say it's rubbish but it's there. It's got to, a penalty. has got to be given. I thought it was a, a nonsense that penalty was given. But let's just make the game simple. let just VAR is quite a good tool, as I say. Rangers and Celtic are going to get more penalties in the rest of Scottish football, so I don't see why now that is Rangers are getting Rangers getting a penalty in the ninety-fourth minute when they're needing a goal is any different to Celtic getting a penalty the day before. But like that just doesn't make any sense to me. That's a fault. The media coverage of that's nonsense. So let's, let's use VAR as a good tool, where it's meant to be, and don't make it into a farce, which is worth it slowly becoming, because we live in hysteria land. And that's where we're at in Scotland.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, some of it's got to be uh, education as well, because a couple of managers this season, Stephen Naismith and Robson up at Aberdeen, have both betrayed uh, in their post-match comments that they actually don't understand the rules of VAR. When they, when they go on, when they get a microphone stuck under their chin and they complain about it, and they actually don't understand what the referee can do, what guidance is in place, and, and, and complain about it. And, and they're given <laughs> oxygen by the media, you know, to complain about decisions which are against them.
2: When they, they know they'll get away with it because the media play up on it Yeah, That's the problem.
0: But, the, the, but the, the comments that they've made actually betray that they actually don't understand, you know, exactly what the, what the rules are. So, yes. but... That that's lost because all we get is you know, Robson's complaining about the you know the, the penalty that Rangers get and 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 that's that's the headline and the, and the media run with it when it's uh, when it's quite clear that you know the shirt tug was was is a stonewall penalty and, but that that's kind of
2: lost. See see his comment. See when he made that comment after the game where he said it's a bad look when Rangers get a penalty. I mean, VAR give Rangers a penalty in the, the added minutes. That's a dangerous comment because if Rangers were to, if that was to happen on Sunday, for example, it's one-one. If you're a referee and you know the hassle that that's co- that 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 comment's caused, yeah. you're going to be you're going to be looking for reasons not to give that penalty because you don't want to invite hassle. That is what the that's what this is all about. That is dan- he's playing a dangerous game. But he's being that's being allowed to be public. He's that that's being instead of what like we saw with Arteta a couple of a couple of weeks ago. I think it was it was at Newcastle. I think they beat be off Newcastle, and he came out and basically laid into VAR. And look at the the kind of immediate like Neville Carragher. I think Keane maybe as well. They all ambushed Arteta because his comments. He was seen to be kind of, blaming the technology and saying that that's a ridiculous... Like, they were challenging him. That doesn't happen in Scotland. What you get is the media pondering to that. And that just invites more pressure on the referees. And it may, Celtic got a penalty for the exact same thing the day before. And I haven't heard one person in the media challenge it and say anything that Rangers are the big bad ones for get a penalty late on in that game. Yeah,
0: Explain that to me, because I don't understand that. It should be the football authorities who should challenge him on, on those comments. He's effectively... Yeah, they're they're, they're scared as well. He's effectively saying they're cheating. So uh, yeah. if, he, if he believes that, then then he should be... I mean, he can believe it if he wants, but he should... The, 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 the SPFL should be challenging him and taking him to task, you know, about those comments when he's effectively accusing the officials of cheating. And uh, If they don't, then they, they won't stop <coughs> until they're punished. There needs to be a sanction, you know, because, you know, the, here are the rules. The shut tug, is that a penalty? It's a penalty. Did he tug the shut? Yes, he did. It's a penalty. So we, we, that, we, that doesn't matter whether it's the first minute or the last minute. You know, it's it's, it's, it's just universally true. And if he's saying that that's now somehow his special ap- application for the benefit of Rangers, they, they should c- come down on him like a ton of bricks.
3: I think somebody said in the last the last wee while, Dave, that that not every tug of his shirt is a penalty. The reason, and obviously, um, I've lost his name now. Connor Goldson was we got a, a lot of trouble because they said he dived. I think you could see last night. It's uh Scott McPike says because If he went down, he would have had a penalty, but he didn't. That that interrupted his run, running up to the goal. So he would have had an easier chance if, if he had if, if he wasn't fouled. But he was fouled. If it went down, he would have got a penalty. And that's why a player really now has got to go down. Well, so, said, think, sorry,
2: sorry as well. Michael Stewart said an interesting thing as well. And I, I don't mean to give Michael Stewart any publicity. But he said in the sports scene on Sunday night, he says... Or oh, this is a tactic of Rangers. They're trying to get defenders to, sh- to pull their shots. Why doesn't Barry Robson and Stephen Naismith, instead of saying, this is like, instead of saying, oh, v- big, uh, VAR's helping big, bad Rangers, tell your player in this technology, and this is why I a problem with Cagbell's dive as well, because you're not getting a penalty anymore for diving. Don't do it. VAR, there's cameras in the box to to, to find things like that. Tell your player in the 90th minute when you're 1-0 up, do not tug a player's shot instead of what we see. That's the That's what the rest, that's what the managers should be doing. Not inciting lunatics, which is what we have to see. To who believe and say ridiculous stuff. That that's what I said as well. The media should be focusing on how good that game was on Sunday. It was an entertaining end to end game. Either side had chances to win it, but instead all we've heard is instead of talking about. How these two sides are going to be playing again in two weeks in a national cup final? We're talking about how Barry Robson either doesn't know the rules or is pretending not to know the rules because he knows if he says that people will back him up. And it's the same with Hartson. How many times in John, in John Hartson's commentary has he said the phrase "his hand looks offside"? We talk about Rangers no learning no learning lessons for a defensive point of view. There's two Rangers have conceded the same goal for two games. John Harson said that in every single game he's commentated on. Somebody needs to tell him, John, your hand can't be offside, but nobody will because we don't challenge nonsense in Scotland. And that is the big problem. I'm sorry for i ranty, but it's a bugbearer of mine. It's an absolute bugbearer of mine.
3: Well, obviously, the, as far as I know, the rule is it's got to be a part of your body that can score a goal. So that is, uh, as far as I know, the rule is. Anyway, I'm, I'm conscious of the time. I think this is the longest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> so I'll go round and you can all say your bye-byes, Dave, and what do you think the score will be on sun- Sunday?
0: OK, bye-bye, 3-0 to the Rangers.
3: <laughs> Scott McKay?
1: Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Rangers. I don't think it's going to be plain sailing by any matter of means. St Marner a good side I think it's going to be 2-1 Rangers and thanks to everybody for tuning in
3: Well mate bike.
2: Uh, pleasure as always to be on guys uh, I think it will be I think we're, we're due to see a, a kind of comfortable Rangers performance I think 2-0 I think I, I want to see I think Cantwell scoring would raise the roof so I want to see Cantwell go on the score sheet 2-0 Rangers and thanks for your
1: time guys Thanks for coming on Scott
3: Pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, uh, Scott, for coming on. That's uh, I was I nearly forgot to say that. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to go for. I think we had a hard game last night, and I would love to go for four 0 Yeah, that's I would have loved to have went for that, Dave, but I don't know whether the they the, send the legs to, to go for that. So I'll, I'll I'm go I'll go for three one. I'll go for three uh, one. I would love to have said four 0 Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to give us a like or subscribe and for £1 you become a member and and get more shows in the week. Daily news every day, every morning, every working morning. And uh, all I will say is thanks for watching and don't forget, we are the people. Bye.